How many are enjoying this cooler weather? Yeah, it is. It is awesome. Be quiet, Scott. Scott puts puts us down and says, "I miss summer." <laughs> oh, they let Scott out of the cell every once in a while. <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. It's it's just it, I love the seasons. I love the seasons change and. It's nice. I'm looking forward to our harvest party. I hope you make plans to come to that. That's coming up. And that is such a good time. We have such a great time. You know, it reminds me of a couple grandkids. It really doesn't, but I just thought I would enter, you know. A couple grandkids are uh, sitting at the breakfast table with Grandma. And Grandma said, well, boys, I'm going to go upstairs and make the beds and stuff. You eat your breakfast, and I'll be right back. And you might want to say your prayers before you get going on all that today and so grandma goes upstairs and little tommy starts just being real loud god i want for christmas and begins to tell his list at the top of his lungs and this brother jimmy says tommy god's not deaf and he goes i know but grandma is (laughs) ah well Good to have you with us this morning. We don't speak deafness on anybody. Moses didn't do anything until he was 80, you know, so I'm saying all good. Uh, I'm starting a brand new series today, and I'm excited to start it. And I'm a little, I'm not going to say embarrassed, but I'm just, you know, I'm just being vulnerable. Um, and, I, you know, I, I want to be humble enough to say, you know, I can, I need work. I don't know if you need work, but I need work. So I'm starting this series called Quit Holding Him Back. Quit Holding Him Back. And I am here talking to you today because of the Lord. The stories I tell, you've heard me tell over the years, or some are just new today. Maybe you're here for the first time or it's been a while. They're not really to promote me. I might make you laugh. That's part of my personality. It's just kind of I was the class clown of my class I see things maybe a little different than some, um, but uh, that they're really just to validate what the Lord has done, the good things in my life. And there's no respecter of persons. Romans 2.11 says, there is no partiality with God. That's the New King James, meaning if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. Um, he, he loves you just like he loves me. So I'm going to say some things, and you know I'm not trying to shock you. I'm just trying to... Uh, Be real. I've seen things in my own life. I've done this in my own life. And I'm guilty of it in my own life. I have held him back. I don't know if you could say that too, but I know I have. (laughs) It's really like one of those, God, I really don't want to declare all of that. And I'm not saying I'm there still doing that. I'm just telling you where I have been. My own mindset would hold him back. I wouldn't get into agreement with maybe things that he would tell me. That I would be like, you know, okay, but it'd be so much easier if I could see it. How many knows it doesn't take faith to see it first? Anybody can see it first and then go, okay, I understand that. But you, God, you're telling me to do things that I don't like. They don't make me comfortable. It's not like I'm against them. I'm for them. But I really don't, I don't see anybody else doing them. You know what I mean? 
things where he has made me uncomfortable. Brett, I need you to give this amount of money here. Don't want to do that. That can't be you. And I would try to reason my way out of it by my natural mind. Whether it be money or just an action to do something. You see those people in line? Yeah, I need you to go over there. I want you to buy their breakfast. I don't want to buy their. They look like they would hurt me. I'm not, I'm not, I don't get afraid that easy, but I'm just saying there's been times I'm like, okay. And so I went over and, and did that. It was actually in a McDonald's and, and said, listen, I feel God wants me to tell you that he loves you and he wants me to buy your breakfast. Now, if you're any kind of, what's the best time to do that? They already ordered, then you can buy their breakfast, right, John? See? Yeah, but my, that would be my dad's policy. Wait till they order. Let's see what they get. <laughs> the policy before, if you're like, hey, if you're buying, okay, I want 17 big, uh, those muffin things and, you know, whatever. I mean, but he told me to do it. I had enough money in my pocket to do it. Now, here's my point. I didn't know what they're going to order. And I'm like, what if I don't have enough? How many of those God knows all that stuff? I had just enough. I didn't have enough for me, but I had enough for them. But then he blessed me later because I did what he said. My own mindset sometimes won't get into agreement with what he's wanting to do. Because I, I have so much influence of the world around me. How about you? We spend 16 hours more or less awake and we're getting pumped through News and media and everybody else and what's just happening and all of that kind of stuff. How about just driving in general? There's a whole nother thing. How you drive. Men and women sometimes drive different. Teenagers drive different. Some people just should not drive. But there's all kinds of things that happen and you're like, ah, you ever, you know, sometimes you, and you know we've all done it. Sometimes we're telling people. I had people tell me I'm a number one driver. <laughs> They're not using their, this finger. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what did I do wrong? I used my signal. I, I mean, what? But whatever I did, they didn't like. There's things that we, you know, we just have. But what if we were influenced by what God told us? As much as we were influenced by what we see, feel, hear, touch, taste. There's some people that you just know. Like, I'll just tell you, my, my sister is known for her cooking. If she makes it, we have a core leader meeting and I tell the leaders, uh, Crunch, that's who Crunch is. Wave at us, Crunch. That's who Crunch. Uh, Crunch is making, they're like, I'm in. They'll cancel vacation to come. Well, maybe not, but I mean, they still come because <laughs> she makes great food. My wife is an amazing cook as well. And there's all, I mean, she made some stuff the other day and I just went on about it. She's like, you're just being kind. I'm like, no. Mallory has learned to cook and man, she's made some amazing things. And so, I mean, the, the list just goes on and on of people that are, they're maybe known for this. I don't even have to see it taste it but if i hear it oh crunch made it we're almost my family be like we went on vacation we took a personal chef with us crunch went 
What are we having tonight? Well, she's making fried chicken. And we're like, okay, you lost me at fried chicken. I'm in. I mean, I'm like, Jesus is like, you're going to eat all that? Can I have a piece? I mean, it's just incredible stuff. Okay, what I'm saying is so much influence. What if God had that position in your heart? I love my wife with all my heart, and she is a student of the word. Matter of fact, I got to be more like her. She inspires me. And I didn't come up here just to promote PK, but I mean, she's just, every seems like waking moment, she is listening to a podcast or she's, you know, and I'm not doing that every waking moment. I mean, I'm still fellowshipping with God. I'm still talking with God. I'm meditating on what he's telling me, and I'm going through my day, but I'm not saying she's not doing that. I'm just saying, what if God had that kind of place in our life? Would our mindset stay the same? What if we got into agreement with what he wanted to do, and we stopped limiting him? We stopped holding him back. I don't know about you, but I put God in a box. This is what he does. This is the only time you can act, Holy Spirit. You must go in this. This is the time frame when the service goes here. Here's your chance. Oh, missed it. Sorry. So sometimes we only see him move the way we were used to seeing him move. We're not saying he didn't move then. But my mind was used to seeing him move one way. And what if he said, I want to move in a way, it's not new to him, but new to me. Man. Well, God, I've seen you when you, you know, you, you've used me in healing, and I've called people, and you've done this and this and this. What if he said to someone, yes, you pray for them, then tell them to walk around the church three times in the sanctuary? Well, I don't, I don't really want to tell him that, God. And he's quiet. Tell them to walk. And they do. And they get healed after each lap better and better. The next person, he doesn't have them walk. And I think in my mind like, God, you're so deep. You ever meet somebody that's deep? Like, you know, you, they're, they're just not surface. So there's some people you meet that are surface. You talk to them. And after five minutes, you're like, I pretty much know their whole life. I, I could almost tell you this is this and this is this. And then there's other people that you're like, wow. God is like, wow, you can't even get to the end of him. But he did things like he didn't heal everybody the same way because I started looking into this. But I would limit him. Here's the time when we call people up for healing. Here's the time. Uh, this is what we do. You know, when Mallory was little, she watched Benny Hinn. Benny would just blow on people, pray on people. They'd fall down. She'd come up, pray for you, and say, fall down. And if you didn't fall down, she said, what's the matter with you? You're supposed to fall down. I mean, he, he spit and made mud and smeared it on some dude's eyes. That doesn't, that doesn't sound right. I need you to go have him go dip seven times. Well, why not two? Why not just one? Why's he got to dip it all? Dippity-doo, you know? But no, I want to do it seven times, and then the seventh time he comes up clean. March around the city on six times. Don't say nothing. You know, 
That's crazy. You're like, how are you going to get a bunch of people? And men are just as loud as women. How about that, girls? <laughs> and kids. And nobody says anything. And on the seventh day, I'm going to tell you when to shout. I mean, that's like, that doesn't make sense. That water's bitter. Let's throw that stick in there. That'll take care of it. Okay. I'm, I can't find my axe head. Hey, how about we make it float? Huh? I mean, it goes, the list goes on and on. Go show yourself to the priest. Different. But in our minds, we block it. He's got to heal me this way. What if he doesn't want to heal you that way? Just know that you're healed. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes, says, I was healed. It's past tense. I put him in a box. And sometimes I just would only want to see him because it was more comfortable in the way my mind would see him. But he uses people, believers, to do his will on the earth. He uses men. So does the enemy. He uses men. Men meaning men and women. But we have that free will. We've talked about authority where we say, okay, I'm going to come into line with that. I'm going to come into agreement with what you say. And that's where it starts to differ. That's where the enemy starts going, uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's where we start saying, you see this on my shoulder? Knock it off. I dare you. Here's a line. Step over it. We start saying, if God said it, that settles it. People that believe and begin to walk. Before they see, you see, you and I must be participators. We must be the ones that say, God, I'll do it because faith without works is dead. It's easy to talk. But what is it like to do? There's times in my life that I was scared spitless. Just growing up, didn't really know God. I knew of God because I was a kid and we went to church. I went to youth group, did all that. But there's always going to be bullies, guys. There's always going to be the enemy that stands in your face to defy something good. You know, my dad didn't advocate fighting. I mean, he didn't, he, I wasn't a bully. He didn't tell me to go out and beat up on people and take their lunchbox. But he did say, you have the right to defend yourself. And one of the reasons maybe I like, I mean, like Ron, Ron loves the Avengers. Matter of fact, my nickname for Ron, I call him Captain. He's Cap. He loves Captain America. That's Cap to me. He's been Cap for the last few years. He'll be Cap as long as I breathe. That's Cap. He just got a license plate that says Avenger. <laughs> and, and really, in this ministry, he has been so... Used by God. I mean, he has been, I can't even, he's just, he's, okay, all right. Off of Ron, on to God. Sorry, Ron. <laughs> so, you know, I, I had this thing. That's why I think PK and I like those Avenger movies because it's always the good guys that don't want the bad guys to win. They don't want them to beat up the little guy that can't defend himself. And so even growing up, I would see some, little kid getting pounded by some bully, I would have to go and say, stop that. 
And then the bully turns his attention to you. I've been scared so, so many times I've been like, I can't even hardly talk. So it's best if I don't. Because it doesn't sound threatening. Are you going to do that? That was, you know, I mean, going up in the fifth grade. That was stuff. And they were bullies at the school. And I really didn't understand. We were, back in the day, we were bully bullied, weren't we? I mean, we were, we were physically bullied. They took your lunch money, took your lunch, took your bike, pushed you around. We weren't bullied. by Name calling was just whatever. Sometimes we need to get tougher skin, don't we? At least in my opinion. Come on. Somebody calls you a sissy, get over it. So anyway, I, I detoured the bully and ended up, and one of the things my dad said is, if you pop the bully, he'll probably stop. Now, that isn't always true, <laughs> but he's right. Most of the time, that's true. And most of his thugs will stop if you beat the bully. And so that's what I did. I popped the bully. And then the bully left me alone. Matter of fact, the bully wanted to be my friend. I didn't want a friend as a bully or a bully for a friend. Bully, bully. <laughs> but anyway, it, you know, it's just amazing how the enemy tries to intimidate. I got to say, I wish I'd stopped holding God back years ago. And, I, I, and I'm praying that I continue to try to just, Lord, just show me. Just tell me what to do, what not to do. So moving forward, here's a little bit of history for TLC. If you come to Connection 1, which is not this week. But I, I teach that class, and it just gives you a history of how we started and in more detail. I'm not going into all that detail here, but in February of 2006, I launched the church. We launched it here, and we, you know, and we started, actually, we launched it in our living room, 17 people, six of them being my, my wife, our four kids, and myself, another family, and probably Crunch. And so she's been with me and, and secretary for who tied the pups. I mean, she'd been there. So we were off and running. I had never started a church before. I'd been in ministry for some time, and they were putting me in churches that were already running. And they'd put me in the, my first church, and I believe they put me in it just to try to clean it up. That church had eaten pastors like you'd eat Doritos. I mean, they had been through four or five pastors in less than 10 years. And so they stuck me there. I didn't know that I wanted to go there. They told me I did. <laughs> that was in the assemblies. And, but I, I, I wouldn't take it. And they, they were mad. But I said, I'm not going to take it unless God tells me to. And then my wife and I have to be in agreement. And so she felt that we were supposed to go. I felt we were supposed to go. And so we did. So they were happy again. So we did all that. But I was put in that church. And there were so many things that weren't right. And I don't know everything that's right, but I complained. Do you ever complain to God? And I, he listens, and that's great because he cared. But, I mean, he even answered me. They knew we were coming. It was our first year, our first day, actually. I mean, I had went there, and they knew it. Nobody was there. Nobody told us where to take the kids or... We hadn't even, I don't think I spoke yet. They hadn't voted yet. They get to vote. And then I got the choice of if I liked the vote, I could stay or I didn't have to. That was the way that was run at that time. 
But nobody was there to say, hey, put your kids over here, put your kids, you know, and we didn't know anybody. So putting your kids in somebody else's care where you don't know anybody, those of you that don't have kids, you might be, that's no big deal. Those of us that do have kids, that's a big deal. So we're like, and the kids are looking at us like, they're not happy. No, 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 leave me. <laughs> so anyway, we, you know, and I told the Lord, I'm like, you know, God, there's nobody here. They're not taking it. People aren't. You know, blah, blah, nobody's at the door. Nobody's even greeting anybody. Help me, Jesus. And this is what he said to me. Why do you think I sent you? Okay. So then I got to teach them. I'm just going where the Lord is telling me to go today. So I hope you're okay. So in, in the first three months, the church went from 50 to 120. Three months. And the district was, woo, Cleveland, he's on fire. No, you know, because I'm ornery. <laughs> See? <laughs> so they just liked because I could, I could teach them something, and they, I was kind of entertainment at the same time. But that's part of my personality. But now listen. Then the Lord says, okay, we've been there three months. They're running 120. said, I want you to put some things in play. And I just, there were simple things, just simple leadership things. They had people teaching children that weren't members of the church. They didn't even know if they were saved. So I said, you have to be a member. I'm not joining. You're not teaching. You have to be saved. That's ridiculous. You're not teaching. And we went on and the list, I mean, it was just simple things. In one meeting, five families, we're gone. The worship leader during that time said, do you mean I got to stay here after I'm done with my show and listen to you? I said, yes. He said, I'm not doing that. I said, bye. I mean, it went from one thing to the next. And the Lord just said, yep. Sometimes you grow by subtraction. But we did what we were supposed to do, and, and that's what I was, I was just put in there to be a strong hand. I, that's my only thing. I don't know. But we were off and running. So then he said, start true life. I had never started a church. The church I has always been, they were already, they were there. They existed. But I did what he told me to do. I did what, you know, everything I could think of that he said, I had. You have to do this. I would look into that. See, people think that we don't have a part to play. You have a part to play when God gives you a purpose. You have to put your hand to it. It didn't just by, not while I slept. The Lord just goes, church planting. I knew nothing about church planting. I'm not saying I'm great at what I do. I'm just, I'm just fearless. I'm, I'm bold enough to say, God, if you tell me to do it. We went to another church before I started this one. And the Lord told me to change the name. And I did. I did everything according to what they said. I had all my leaders in. We're going to change the name. The Lord spoke specifically to me. He told me what to call it. He gave me the scripture for it. And all the leaders were, okay, okay. The day that we changed the name, I preached a message on God changing Abram's name to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. You know, I did all that. Doing, trying to make this smooth to make the people happy. Bless the Lord. 
60 people walked. I told them, I'll call it the house of donuts if that's what he wants me to call it. If I'm just preaching to Kim and my kids, then that's what I'll do. But he turned it around as he always does. And some of those people that walked are our friends today. Because, you know, I can't make them do whatever, you know, and if they could go back, maybe they'd do it different. Okay. He wants me to start a church. So we hold a church in Marion, and he gave me the scripture, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And that's where we get the name True Life Church. <laughs> that's what he told me, so that's what we called it. And so we started growing. We moved from our house, and we went to various schools, and we ended up buying this place just, oh, moving on six years ago, five Five years ago, five years ago in June or July. And so we bought this, and um, PK had had her eye on this building for a long time. We drove by it every day. I did not have my eye on this building. And when we were asked, do you want to buy this building? I said no. <laughs> I, was, I was doing hospital visitation with one of the people that were in charge of the building. And they were like, hey, we'd like to sell you the building. Do you want to buy it? I said no. And I went home and told her. She said, what'd you say? I said, I said, no. I've been praying for that building for years. You have, oh man, God has shown me. You know, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, God, you need to show me. Okay, I got to go back and see him again. <laughs> so I went and I asked the Lord. I even actually fasted a couple of meals and said, God, what do you want me to do? I just need to hear you. And the rest is history. And so we bought the building. And we held two services when we, Came into the building, we have one at 9, we have one at 10.30. And, uh, you know, that's, that's wonderful. Now, Marion, on this end of town, is not the best end of town. Uh, we've, you know, we used to keep the door unlocked. We quit doing that because we would get people, we'd get foot traffic, which I'm okay with that, but they'd be people that would come in and try to hide. If I didn't see them, they could hide, then we'd shut the door and they're in the building somewhere. And, uh, and there's just so, and it wasn't so safe. So if I had to leave and do any visitation and Crunch was here or PK was here, not real safe. Um, and so, you know, we, we changed our system on that. But COVID hit the world. How many remember that? I don't think you can forget that. And uh, so then we went from one or two services to one. And uh, we're believing hopefully this winter is what I'm believing um, that we will have to hold that nine o'clock service again. So we need to get another 40 or 50 people in here on a regular basis. Um, and I, I just want you to believe with me. And, I, you know, even if there were just 10 of you here today, I would still be saying the same thing. Are you understanding that? Because I'm not going to go by what I see. I believe he's got a purpose for this church in this community and surrounding areas. He told me over a year ago, almost two years ago, and this is what he said. He said, see farther, go farther, move the stakes and expect. So we've been starting to do that. We've been implementing and then we've backed off a little bit. And, you know, sometimes it makes people uncomfortable. Sometimes it makes us uncomfortable. I'm over that. We're going to stretch again our cords. We're going to the next level and then we're going to go past whatever he says. I'm going to meet with the media team. I've got some ideas, and they're going to help me. 
We're going we're gonna to promote this church and the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ to a city that needs it. I don't want to hold him back. Most churches, including us in the past, we went down in attendance during the summer months. We went up in attendance during the summer. And as soon as we started going and growing in attendance, the enemy comes in and is trying to take that away. If I was good at working my neck and snapping, I'd, I am over it. I mean, I'm just over it. These people need Jesus. and The people that they know need Jesus. The enemy wants you to get complacent. He wants you to get afraid. He wants you to get intimidated. He wants you to not believe. We can't do it. We've always done it this way. I'm done with that. It's up to us to what we stand on. Do we stand on the word? Do we believe it or do we not? Let me just tell you, man, there's people that you'd have in your foxhole and there's people that you would not have in your foxhole. What do you mean? I mean, in battle, there's people that I will have beside me and there's people that I love, but I don't want them beside me because I know when the fists start flying, they ain't going. Brett, that's rough. Sorry. Not really. But yeah. You see, what's going to happen is you and I will have to prove what we believe. When you make a stand on the word, the enemy knows you're making a stand and he will come. He will, he will come and try to steal that and try to get you to recant or to back off or to be like, maybe I heard it wrong. But not today. We need more of Jesus. We are the ones to show and not just tell. This is what used to happen. We just thought it's usual. What's supposed to happen? And I've talked to many ministers that say it always happens. Well, that's just what happens in the summer. I'm tired of the same old usual. I don't want it to happen. Because God can grow on the west end of town. Just like he could grow in some big suburban city or whatever. Because he's God. And I'm not, am I wrong about it? Can God not just say, ba-bam? Because he's got people that will say yes. And then all of a sudden revival hits. You see, naysayers, they don't know what to say when people get delivered, people get healed, people get saved, and, and it's going against the odds. But we were created by God on purpose for a purpose. We're not just supposed to exist. You and I aren't supposed to go through the motions. But God's got a drive inside you. He's got anointing inside you. He's got glory that's going to come out. He's got stuff that wants to happen. We are supposed to thrive. We are supposed to be examples. We're not supposed to be in lack. We're supposed to have abundance. We're supposed to be the head, not the tail. More than conquerors. It is up to you and I to stand on what God is telling us. The world is not standing, but you and I can stand and show them what it looks like. We need somebody that will show them what it looks like.
like knowing that through God, it can happen. It can happen. Things that were unbelievable that weren't in my mindset. But listen, I was willing to say, God, if you say it, I'll, I'll do it. And he would say to me things. And I'd be just like today. I'd be ministering. And he'd say, there's somebody here that I want to make see again. I'd be like, okay, do that, God. I'll agree with you. You go ahead and make them see. That's what I'm saying inside. And he says, I want you to tell them to come forward. Well, God, why don't you tell them to come forward? Maybe the person next to him would tell them. Because here's what the thing is. What starts hitting my mind is attacks, darts. What if you're wrong? What if nobody's here? What if it doesn't happen? You'll look like a lunatic. Nobody will come now. I mean, there's just boom, boom, one after the other. Because you have to decide if you're going to stand by faith. Look in Hebrews. Faith is the substance of things what? Hoped for. And the evidence of things. You don't have to see it. You have to believe it. And so he did that. I remember there was a couple hundred people there. And I've told this story. So I'll just be real quick. And Kim was sitting with a friend of hers. And I said, God wants to heal somebody's vision. And I knew as soon as I started saying it, I could feel anointing start in my body. And it was, I mean, it was, when I pray for people and I know God's really doing stuff, I feel stuff going through my arms. It's weird. It's, it's almost like when your fingers are asleep and you have those needles-like things. That's kind of, kind of, but a little like, it's almost like electric charged in, in my experience for me. <laughs> there's been times that I haven't felt that and he still did it. So it's not really based on me. It's based on him. Okay. So we need to understand that. So I said, it. I made the announcement and nobody moved. <laughs> you see you, Brett are an idiot. <laughs> Nobody's in here that needs that. <laughs> I mean, just starts. And then God says to me, they're on the right side of the room. So I said, you're on the right side of the room. And so now everybody on the left side goes, looks to the right side, more darts. It's a woman. It's a woman. All the men are like, well, okay, I guess. I don't know, but everybody's looking on the right side for some woman. There was an old lady there with a white cane and a red stick. I didn't know she was there. And if I did, I probably wouldn't have done this. He said, she's in the fourth row back, fourth or fifth or something like that. And so she gets up after all of this. Should have helped me a lot better. She'd have got up a lot sooner, you know. But again, he who has begun a good work in you, he'll be faithful to complete it. So she starts coming down front and somebody's leading her. She's got the white stick. Kim's friend turns to her and says, I didn't know he did that. And she, she looked at her and goes, me neither. First time. That's like a Mr. Miyagi movie moment right there. How'd you do that? I don't know. First time. I mean, she comes down forward. And this is me. This is true. I'm telling you verbatim. This is true. She comes down and she doing this and they lead her up here. Everybody. You could hear a pin drop. 
and she comes and stands in front of me and, and she has her eyes, she opens her eyes and it looks like there is just a gray glue across them. I mean, they're not clear. It's just like a, I don't know, like a smoky gray glue. And I just put my hands over her eyes. I don't even remember exactly what I said. I just said, the Lord wants to heal your sight in the name of Jesus. Something like that. Be healed. I took my hands off. And, and Kim remembers, I took my hands off. And her eyes were crystal clear. And it startled me. I took my hands off and I went. Like that. And this is what she did. I mean, she is, she's as old as dirt. Okay. I mean. I don't mean it bad. But I mean she was an older lady. And she starts going. I can see. I can see. And the whole place erupts. And then people are like. Pray for me. Things started happening to me. I speak in all these meetings and that stuff started happening. God would restore somebody's ear or they couldn't hear and he'd restore it and watch the lady's leg grow out. And people were like, oh my gosh. Why? Listen to what I'm telling you. Because you have to get past your mindset. You have to get to what does he want to do? What is his will? If you do it according to his will, according to the word, he hears you. And because it's his will, you can be sure that he heard you and you'll get what you ask. That's what his word says. But I don't want to hold him back. I'm done being afraid. I'm done being, oh, what will the people think? Or what, will, what if we do this? Or how is this going to happen? I am not the how person. God is the how person. I am the person that just says, Yes. And God says, I can use that vehicle. I will use him for my glory, for, for my kingdom. I'm done with fearing man and his opinions. I'm done. Everybody's got an opinion. We all have them. I have them. You have them. Let's make our opinions line up with the word of God. I don't know about you, but I'm done. I want to go further. I want to see further. I want to move the stakes. And I want to expect. I need you to say, is this going to be my church? Do I, can you see this place packed? Can you see these wings out? Not just Easter and Christmas. Help me, somebody. Can you see people healed? Can you people being set free and delivered? Can you see the supernatural past ordinary church, past just three hymns and a poem? I've got to get back to where God says, let's do this. Let's start doing what we're talking. Let's start inviting our neighbors. Talk to strangers. Anything that moves, invite it to church. Let's get it to Jesus. I have people ask me, when will we do two services? When we fill this up? When we start running around 140, we were breaking 100 in the summer. Do you know that? I mean, we hadn't done that before like that. When we start running 140 or 150 people on a regular basis, we will gladly go to two services. And that means double the work for the staff, double the work for the core. We, you know, praise and worship, they're going to do two, two sets. But they're good with that because the kingdom is advancing. That's why we're not here for our own benefit. 
You know what happens when we do two services? It won't be long and we'll be busting 200 in a Sunday. And once we get past 200, it's like a snowball rolling downhill. Now, if you're stuck on numbers and you're saying, Brett, I don't like that, get over it. I don't care. Because here's, here's the deal. More people, more Jesus, more influence. That's what that means. So man would want, oh, it's just about numbers. I've had people come to me and be talking about, you know what, I don't go to that church anymore because they just talk about money. Get over that. It's going to take money to do what we got to do. But we're doing it for the kingdom. You're not doing it for me. We got to learn to just be obedient. And if we were all obedient, you know, we wouldn't have a need here. I mean, let's just be, let's just be honest. If we all tithed, there'd be no need to say, hey, we need to raise money for this. There are people, and we love them. They only come to the church when they're in trouble. And we love them. And we'll gladly help them with whatever we can, but we want to show them there's a better way. God doesn't want you to live like this, but you can have peace in your journey because he guides and he leads and he protects. Perspective, my friends. We need God's perspective. We need to face the same direction. We need to look at this and say, God, what do you say? That's, that's her in my heart. God, what do you say? What do you say? That's what we'll do. We'll do what you say. Everybody in here has got giants. But you know what? We can face giants together. We can do what God has called us to do because he wouldn't guide you there if he wouldn't provide for it to happen. He has got a way. But it's not ours. And if you can do it on your own, it's probably not God's. We have to start sowing seeds. But here's the problem. Many of us, and me included, I have to get more into the word. Because that is the seed that gets in your heart. And if you plant the seed, everything, everything comes from a seed. Every, even the stuff you're sitting on somehow came from a seed, came from some kind of a something that was produced or whatever. Sowing and reaping as long as the earth remains. So how do we do it? We got to put action with our faith. We can share every week if you like Facebook or social media. We're on Facebook for the church. Share uh, our page with everybody or every Sunday. Share it with whoever. Invite people to events. Just to, You don't have to save them. Let God do that. Just get them here. Let the Holy Spirit. You know, nobody can come to God unless drawn by the Spirit of God. You know that? So, I mean, you're not all that in a bag of chips. Neither am I. We work with God. He's, he, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit working in you. And he will draw them. He'll pull them in. Something, some truth, something. I had somebody ask me the other day, or well, it's been, a, it's been a while ago. They said, I saw what you did. Want to elaborate on that a little bit? They were in Kroger's parking lot. This was last year. I was watching to see if you'd put your cart back. Is that your job? Cart patrol? Okay. 
in their mind, I don't think they meant it the way it came out, but in my mind, I'm like, well, glad I could make your day. Because I did. I put my cart back, and actually, I took another cart with me that somebody left, and I'm going to, you know, I just put them back in. They said, that was really nice of you. I'm like, well, thank you. Bless your heart. I'll just make sure God makes sure you approve of all that. So I had to get in my mind, stop it, Brett. Hmm. I'm trying to see where I put this one story in. I don't know if I already passed it, but it's, it's something I want to tell you. No, I haven't passed it yet, I don't think. Okay. All right, so we're, we're good. Okay. We want to do what the Lord wants us to do. We want to be a help to the community. But we want to, we got to understand, people are watching. People are watching. There's a lot of things this facility needs. Now, we've done a lot of remodeling. We, we have more to do. That's going to take money. But we can do it. We will do it. We want to fix our parking lot. That parking lot hasn't been done since they put the building up in 92, I think. But we'll do it. We'll figure it out and we'll do it. We're already going to start sowing seeds into our core leaders, our dream team, and say, here's what we're planning. Here's what's coming. We're going to start putting more pictures up of just events where people can be like, I love this. This is family. We want to change our foyer. We want to redo and make Kidstown better and bigger. We need some youth space. We need a youth leader. Help me. So in the near future, we have all of these things on our plate. But we want to together to see farther. Go farther. Move the stakes and expect. We want to have serve days. Where eventually we can go help people that maybe they can't get out and do things. But they have a roof that needs repaired. Or they have a yard that needs taken care of. Or a porch that needs mended. Or something. And we just send people there. And we don't charge them anything. We, we just fix it. And so when we get to that point, we're going to have people submit people's names. And we're going to say, this is what we can do. Here's, here's where we're at. Here's who we can help. And we'll go out into the community and we'll get you shirts that say, you know, TLC, we're here to serve, we love God, or whatever. So people will actually see the hands and feet of Christ. Who wants to dream with me? PK and I are determined not to hold him back anymore. If we wouldn't change our mindset, then we'd have stopped what he wants to do in this place. I want to encourage you. I'm not more special to God than you are. You're not more special than I am. He loves us all. Because our mentality has to be that that's what he is. He's love. He is the love. Not just a love. He is the love. He's what love is all about. I have people that have this mindset. Well, you're a full-time minister, PB. That's easy for you to say. That's your, that's your income. That's what you do. I hate that mentality. Because if I was picking, I wouldn't have picked this. She can tell you what I was going to be. 
By the time I was 30, I was going to be Mr. America. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to own my own fitness club, and I was already competing. I already had my card, and I was starting to win spots. I had people paying my way to go to places. I, didn't, I had no plans of being a minister. So I don't like that livelihood. Or not. I like the, okay. I don't like the mentality. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, others have this mentality. Well, I'm just trying to get by till Jesus comes. I hate that mentality. Because God doesn't want you to just get by. Because we've been taught in the church, we can, oh, we can't be prosperous. Oh, no. Let me just say, that is a bunch of hooey. I mean, if pigs could fly, you know what I'm saying? Let me tell you this. I just, uh, you know, Pastor Gary had reached out to me. I had stopped doing Forward Financial Group a couple years back. And you have to keep an insurance license to do that. And I let it expire because I was like, I'm done. I mean, not, it's a great company. I'm just like, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. <clears throat> sure enough, guess what? I've got to do that again. But I think this area needs it. So here's, here's what I'm saying. It doesn't cost anything, so it's free. So before you get like he's promoting his own, listen. If we can help people get out of debt so they can enjoy the life God wants them to have and do what they want, I'm for that. Ford Financial wants to get a flyer that has True Life Church on it. Just say, we, you know, if you need help, we'll help you. We can get most families out of debt in five to seven years, including their mortgage, without changing their income. And it's free. Now, if you don't want me to do your plan because you're like, I don't want pastor to know my stuff, I don't have to do it. We got other people that'll take care of it. They don't even live in town. So they you know, they'll do that. But if you don't care, I don't care. I don't remember numbers. You know, I'll help you. That's gonna happen in the near future. It's just not we're we're not gonna promote it every week or anything like that. I'm just saying, if that's an answer for you and I can help, you leave your name or whatever, we'll make sure that we get you in touch with somebody. Okay. Because I asked pastors, I don't want to do that. And he said, it's free. So it's okay if you're helping them. I don't think that's, that's a bad thing. So what I'm, what I'm trying to tell you is the mentalities have to be, let's gear it towards God. God, what do you see? You know, people saw David as a shepherd boy. And God says, he's a king. There's other people that maybe have said stuff about your kids and you see your kids different. Because you're their parent. He's your parent. He sees you different. Than what man sees you. Your calling may not be to be a, a minister. But every one of you are a minister. Maybe not like me. Maybe not getting up on the platform and speaking. But maybe at your job. Or at where you work. Or in your neighborhood. Every one of you are called to minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Take the limits off. Stop holding him back. Every one of you have a purpose. And he's called every one of you. Well, pastor, I'm, I'm this year's old. I'm past my prime. I told you Moses didn't do anything until he was 80. If you're breathing, you got a purpose. And God can make these, these years be the best of your life. Will you dream with me? God has never lost. He's never made a piece of junk. He created you to do something, not just occupy space. He has a purpose. He has a plan. I'm telling you, who will face the giants with me? Psalm 139, it was written for you. You saw me before I was born. This is 16 of that verse. 
or of that chapter. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. That's why abortion is so wrong. They claim the baby's a hunk of flesh. It's the woman's body, and she can do with it what she wants. Even science says the baby has DNA other than the mother. God will not force you to follow his plan. But make no mistake, there is a plan for every one of you. We've all had bad times. We've all had good times. But he has overcome all of those. We have to stick with the Father. His plan isn't for failure, sickness, heartbreak, bankruptcy. We live in a fallen world and those things happen. But we have choices. His plan is for you to be successful, healthy, influencer for his kingdom. We each should be seeing miraculous things in our lives because we can all lay hands and do what God's wanting us to do. I, I understand there's certain gifts, I get that, but I'm just talking about walking with God. There's people that I'll never reach, but you might. There's people that you might not be able to reach, but I could. When I was growing up, there was three stations, ABC, NBC, CBS. Remember that? And they didn't broadcast 24 hours after midnight. They played the national anthem and then <laughs> use a static or a test pattern. <laughs> that was it. Look at, look at the world today. Media never stops. It's everywhere. you got to grab a hold of the word. There's so much other stuff out there, but there's only one true word. This is why it's so important, and I'm going to finish with this. There's lives waiting on you and me. Now, I, I did work at Cedar Point two summers, but this was a couple years back. I wasn't working there, obviously. <laughs> we went to Cedar Point. We were just on the other side of the kids' area where you hear the, <laughs> you know, if you work there. I had a roommate that worked there, and he couldn't get the buzz out of his head. That's <laughs> all so I heard eight hours a day is those, you know, those little buttons the kids push when they do the cars. <laughs> Okay, that's a side note. <laughs> but we were walking back towards the back, going actually towards Lake Erie, just we were going to go around. And they have a little set of bumper cars there. And uh, I watched a little, I, I, to this day, because it's been a couple, three years, I want to say it was a little boy. I don't know, maybe Kim can remember, but... Um, he was running and he was trying to get off of the the car he'd been in the car with an adult and they you know they were getting out and that floor is slick and he slipped and he fell and it wasn't a pretty fall you know because um kids when they run i mean they're all in he was running fast and he fell and i saw it now i, I want you to understand there's reasons you are where you're at when you're there he guides your steps and I saw him fall, and then instantly his face went from, he was so excited to get to his mom, to scared, pain, crying. And he ran out, and the Lord grabbed a hold of me and said, go pray for him. So she's holding him, and he is hard to be consoled. And he's got a little strawberry on his knee where he had, you know, slipped and I went over and I, so I introduced myself and she looked up at me like, who are you and why are you talking to me? I mean, she doesn't know me. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, 
I'm a, I'm a minister. Now, whether that title means anything to you, so are you, okay? I said, I just saw him fall, and I really feel God wants me to pray for him, if that's okay with you. She looked up at me, and she said, please. And I knelt down on my knee, and this little kid looks at my eyes, and he's just got tears. And he's, he's doing the sucking of the air. <gasps> you know, when you really got hurt and you scared. And so I said, hey, buddy, I'm a friend. And I want to pray for you. And if I pray for you, Jesus is going to make all of that pain go away. Is that okay with you? And he looked at me through those eyes and he goes, and I said, Mommy, is it okay if I go ahead and pray? And she says, yeah. So I said, okay, I'm going to pray. And it won't hurt, I promise. So I just, now this is with people walking all around us. But I don't see them. Because God has put something in front of me. And so I prayed with him. I said, I told him my name was PB. He thought that was cool. And so I prayed, and I prayed that the pain would leave and that God would heal his knee. And as soon as I got done, I took my hand off, and he just smiled big, his face lit up, and he said, Mommy, it doesn't hurt. And she looked at me, and she said, I, I don't know what to say. I said, just tell God thanks. I want you to have a good day today. I want this little guy to have a fun time or something like that. And I left, I know when I was walking away from that, my spirit felt like, God, thank you. Thank you for putting me there. That's like you guys. Now it might not be that, it might be just helping someone with a meal or just saying, I just wanna, I just wanna hug you or whatever. I don't know what the case is, but I do know there'd have been a day I never did that because I would limit him. I would hold him back. He wants to do so much in your life, but he won't force it. You have to choose. That's why Joshua says, choose this day whom you will serve. I want to serve him. And when I choose him, the benefits are off the chart. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?